If you're like most women I know, you want to trust the Lord and fearlessly share Jesus. Yet something holds you back. Maybe you're struggling to navigate our culture. Maybe you wrestle with fear or lack skills. Maybe it's easier to stick in your comfort zone and keep your mouth shut rather than to talk about your faith, especially across cultures. That's what the Blue Cord Podcast is all about. I'm your host, Karen Bajani, and if sharing your faith has been hard for you and you long to be brave, strong, and courageous, this is for you. Hey, Blue Cord friend. Do you have a friend who is especially courageous? So much so that she inspires you to be courageous too. That's because courage is contagious, and it's one of the most important virtues you can cultivate in our post-Christian culture right now. Courage helps us grow a more resilient Christian faith, and it helps us share our faith with others too. Without it, we could fear people more than God. Now, one way I like to build up my own courage muscles is by listening to coming to Jesus stories from friends of other faiths, especially those who've had to overcome great odds to follow Jesus. They know a thing or two about courage, and their courage is contagious in growing our own faith. They help us not take our faith for granted and to remember that so many people are still waiting to hear about salvation in Jesus, many who live all around us. Now, on today's podcast episode, you're in for a real treat because you're going to hear a coming to Jesus story that will inspire your own moral courage and give you more compassion for those who don't know Jesus yet. Today, she's a busy mom, juggling all the things, and I'm grateful that she's joined us today. Atia, welcome, and thank you for joining us to share your story. Thank you, Karen, for having me. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait for our listener to just hear your story. So let's start with your childhood. I would love for you to tell us about it, and especially, what did you know about God when you were growing up? Yeah. My story actually goes way back to Pakistan. My mom and dad are originally from Pakistan. 50 years ago, back in the 70s, my dad left Pakistan and moved to Kuwait just to have a better job and provide for his family. And after he came to Kuwait for a few years, eventually he was able to move his entire family to Kuwait. And so that's where mom and dad laid their roots and had their children. I'm one of five. Mm-hmm. I have three brothers and my sister and I and two sisters. I would say that we grew up in a pretty traditional Muslim family. We believe in the five pillars of Islam, praying five times a day, knowing that there's no God but Allah, the fasting and the giving, the pilgrimage to Mecca and all of that. So I would say For us, we believe that as long as you kept up with all of your religious practices, that your life would be good. So for me, growing up in a Muslim home, that was our life. As Muslims, we respected other people's differences. We even celebrated everybody's differences, but never compromised our own beliefs. Mm -hmm. If you were a Muslim, you were a Muslim. Religion was your identity. 
Mm. It's who you were. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's, it's, it's interesting in a lot of Muslim countries, if you go to fill out any kind of legal form or whatever, the second or third question after your name is what religion are you are. And so you have to list that. And so it is a big part of your life. It is your identity. And that's who you are. But you still embrace other people's differences. And so for me, that is who I was. That is who our family was. Mm. And for me, that was our life. And as far as a need for God and something a little bit more really didn't happen for me until our world shifted a little bit. Because if you can remember, back in 1990, Iraq invaded Kuwait. Mm -hmm. Our little perfect life shifted because we found ourselves in an invasion of another country to our country. And we were still immigrants. We were not Kuwaitis. We were foreigners yeah. in this land. And so it was a big shift in our world. We didn't really know what was going on. I can still remember my, my poor parents at that point during leaving. Do we leave? Do we not? Every day was a new issue. There was a lot of unrest in the country. And I think for me, that was one of the first times as a 12-year-old, I remember thinking, the world is just not safe anymore. And yeah. our parents would encourage us to just amp up our prayers, make sure that we prayed enough and did all the things that we were needing to do for us to be able to stay safe. Mm -hmm. And man, I remember as a 12-year-old just thinking, all that is fine, but I really just need to talk to God. Can mm -hmm. I just talk to him? Can I just let him know? And so we would have this little time towards the end of our prayers after we had done all the rituals and all the reciting where you could talk mm -hmm. to God about a prayer, like a dua. And that was my favorite part that I could just talk, but I just didn't really get anything out of it because I was like, do you even know that we're in this? So that kind of shifted for me. Interestingly enough, my oldest brother, who is about eight years older than me, he was already in the U.S., going to school. Uh -huh. And so he was here and the rest of us were in Kuwait in 1990 during all this. And uh, Jesus had already started working in his life a little bit during that invasion. This is so interesting. So, And I'm just thinking about where I was in 1990. I lived in a s small town in the middle of America, and I vaguely remember what was happening in Kuwait at that time. And to think now firsthand, we're talking about what that was like for you as a 12-year-old girl in the thick of all of it and just crying out to God, do you see us? Do you hear us? I can only imagine what that was like for you at that point. So what happened? Obviously, you came stateside, and at some right. point you heard Jesus, but how did that transition all happen for you? So just going back to Kuwait a little bit, so the invasion of Iraq lasted about eight months, uh -huh. and then war began. It was a quick war, and after that, my brother, who was already in the U.S., came to visit us after about two years. Mm. Um, he was able to come back, and so when he came, he mentioned that there was a lot of people here in the U.S., his friends, that were praying for our safety. So all that really sounded great. If I were to sit down and think about all of the things that we went through during that invasion and that war, mm -hmm. I did believe that something or somebody had been looking out for us because there were so many instances where there was a close call where we were just safe and we were protected mm. while others were not. And so when he came and he mentioned that, 
And then in different conversation, just told me and my siblings that he was now a follower of Jesus. Oh, wow. So how did you and feel so about that? that? That was a big shock. And here we were, we just survived this invasion and this war. And now he comes and tells us that his identity has completely changed to where he's accepted Jesus and he's no longer follows Islam, but follows Jesus and has become a Christian. And so we had a lot of unrest in our home at that point. Because of the invasion, my parents had already decided that eventually we were all going to move to the U.S., uh-huh. but we just had to do it in steps. And this kind of worried all of us siblings because we said maybe this is going to ruin our chances to go to the U.S. And we just kept that between us kids. Didn't really mention that to mom and dad because we didn't really know the outcome of what this was going to be. Or we didn't, let's say we didn't know what God had in store (laughs) for our family. We'll just say that. And so fast forward a couple of years after that, I would say it was probably about three or four years that I moved here with my brother and my mom Mm -hmm. and my other siblings had already come. And so when I came to the U.S., I was excited about just reuniting with our family. I know for coming to the U.S. as a Muslim, even for my mom, sending her daughter here to the U.S., prior to that was such a big deal because we came from a family that really did not let girls go to college. And so for my mom to take this big step to send her daughter to college alone, yeah, she was reuniting with her brothers, but it was just a big, big thing. She was very heavy about that decision. And so we came to the U.S. with this realization that we're going to be in a foreign land. We are Muslims. We have to stay very close with what we believe because we have been through so much, even just getting here. Yeah. So we're in this foreign land again. Yeah. Third time, foreign land and families starting to come together. There's a saying, especially here in Texas, we're going to circle the wagons. We're all going to hunker down and take care of one another in this strange exactly. place. Exactly. Exactly. And so I moved here. And when we finally came to say this, when I came to the U.S., I came with wearing a hijab. Mm -hmm. I remember the Atlanta airport and with my mom's permission, I remember taking my hijab off and it was a big step Mm. because it felt like it was very different. I just felt like a different person, Mm. but I had my mom's permission to take it off. And so I did that. And so we came and we were reunited with the family. So the family's back together again. Our mom is here. I'm here. All the siblings are here. And so we start doing our things, getting enrolled in school and everything. And I remember something about my siblings, the three of them that were here was just different. They were nice. It was, there was just this love that they had that was with each other and us that was just different. And so one night, just out of the blue, I talked to my sister. I said, hey, did you ever talk Moody out of his belief in Jesus, are you maybe like him? Has anything changed with that? Uh-huh. Because I just felt something. I felt different in my spirit. And so she said, yeah, we need to talk about that. And so she got all the siblings together again. And she mentioned that she was no longer a Muslim woman, that she had accepted Jesus. My middle brother had accepted Jesus and that they were all Christ followers. Wow. And so that 
was huge. There was so much, again, unrest at home because now we were here and now I'm finding out that half my family has pretty much given up their identity as Muslims and are now Christians. There was a lot of unrest at home, a lot of anger, just a sense of division in the home and just thinking about what it was going to do to my mom and dad because of this burden that they had carried for so long and then come here and to find out that their children no longer believe what they believe. And so I remember just going through that whole thing where I felt like I was in the middle and three of my family members were Christians and the rest of them were Muslim. And so I began to just question this whole thing. And I, in a very casual, nothing conversation, just said, Jesus, if you are who they say you are, show me. And I just left it there. Did they tell you what it meant to be a follower of Jesus and share the gospel with you? Tell me more about that. They had talked about this God that wanted a personal relationship with us and had died for our sins and that we could have a relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. We could talk to Him when we wanted to. We could spend time with Him and, and read His Word and be able to share our beliefs, which was so different from what I grew up believing. And for me, I think 16 at this point, I felt like I wanted something more out of God, but I didn't really know what that was. And that led to that statement that just said, if you are who you say you are, you show me. And so a couple of nights after that, I remember my brothers had gone to a church meeting and then came back and my middle brother, Naeem, he took me aside to one of our bedrooms and said, hey, let's just talk about what's going on. And so we sat down in this room and I just let it all out. I was crying. I was sad. I was questioning everything. Why would you do this? We've been through so much as a family and we finally get to reunite here. And now there's this division and you guys believe something that we don't believe. And all I can say is that in the middle of that whole conversation, there was a moment And I still remember this moment clear as it was just this morning. We were talking and all of a sudden I felt this presence walked into the room. And I just looked at my brother and he said to me, do you feel something? And I looked right back at him and I said, yes. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody just walked into this room and he said, it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's heard your cries and he's heard your worry and he's here to tell you that he loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And Karen, my entire world shifted at that moment. It was a presence that I had never felt before. It was a peaceful presence. Like everything was just not for me to worry about. It was so strong. It was so (laughs) contagious that I could, I literally didn't even have the words to express what I was feeling, but I knew that something had changed. Your brother knew something had changed too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember just having that moment and accepting Jesus in that bedroom, in that apartment bedroom floor, and just not fully understanding what had happened, but I just knew that something big had happened. And for me, it all changed. I remember we decided that night that we probably shouldn't tell mom right away. 
<laughs> but I remember the next couple of days I was given a Bible and I took this Bible and I covered it up in a newspaper because I didn't want my mom to know what I was reading. <laughs> and so I just dug into the Gospels and I just read about this God that had died for our sins and wanted to have a relationship with us and all those rules and everything. He had died for all of that and come to have this intimacy, this communion with his people. And it all made sense mm -hmm. because it felt like I had asked and he came and that God would just step into my world. This young Muslim girl that he would just actually stepped in to show me and reveal to me who he is. So that just that blew my mind. That blew my mind. And uh, yeah, I just started to dig into the scriptures and wanted to learn more about all that God had for me and uh, the life that he lived. And it all just started to make perfect sense. I was just thinking as you were sharing your story, just how personal God is and his love for us because he made us and he put the breath within our lungs. He knows exactly what we need as we're crying out to him to meet us in a very personal way. And just hearing how he answered your prayer in the most incredible way and just such beautiful affirmation that your brother was there too and he could sense the Lord's presence at the exact same time. I bet that was just a beautiful moment for you both as brother and sister. It was. And Matthew 7 says, that, ask and you shall find, seek and it shall be given to you. And that's what he says, ask. And I think that for me, just questioning and saying, God, if you are who you say you are, show me. Mm -hmm. And he did. He showed me. For us as a family, there's so much that could be said just with the next couple of days and the weeks and then just telling my mom and all of that. But my brother, who I prayed with that night, is actually now in full-time ministry. He's pastoring his own church. And it's been just great to watch God's work with all of us. And each of us just has this unique story. And all of us are just sort of walking in that calling that God had for us. And it has not been an easy path by any means. We've been through seasons of loss and grief and victory and healing and all of that. But it's amazing to see where it started and how God has taken us and our families and, and all of that. It's just been so good to see Him mm. at work. So out of your siblings, do all of them walk with the Lord now? Are there still some that you're praying for? How about your parents too? Just curious. Yeah. So they're all five of the siblings are walking with the Lord, plugged into the different ministries within South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. My mom is not a believer, but we believe that God has touched her in different points of her life and brought healing to her. So she does not claim to be a believer. My dad actually did accept Jesus towards the end of his life, but God has shown up and revealed himself in different ways, even to my parents. But we have just been very loving, encouraging, always been there to pray for a need that they have had. And even to the point where there have been years where they've come to us to uh -huh. say, hey, this is happening. Would you pray? Oh. It's just been amazing because right at the beginning of this really broke their hearts and changing our identity. But God has, he says this beautiful scripture, how he's overcome the world. There will be heartbreak, yeah. but God has just overcome the world. And I think it's John 16, 33 says, I have said these things that you may have peace in this world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. 
that I have overcome the world. And so he has in so many ways just helped us to overcome so many battles and so many things. It's been good to see him at work. Mm, what an amazing testimony just within your entire family. And I know certainly I know that our listeners will be praying for your mom too in this next chapter. So let's fast forward. Now you're raising your children to follow Jesus and each one of your siblings are following Jesus. Now I bet you have some amazing stories and testimonies of how you've seen God at work. So with this in mind, what do you yeah. know to be true about God's heart for the nations right now? What do you know to be yeah. true? God's Spirit is constantly at work. His desire is to reunite humanity to Him. If you read the Gospel, you see how over and over again with Adam and Moses and Abraham, He just came up with another plan. Yeah. And here, in the end, He crucified His only Son so that we would have life. We have seen and been part of some amazing stories of how God has worked here in within our churches, within our ministries, and even places overseas. One story that I'm reminded of and just show you how God's Spirit is so much greater than we know. My dad mentioned that towards the end of his life, he did come to Jesus. But prior to that, there was so much that went on with his life. He actually ended up having Parkinson's mm -hmm. and had gotten sick and ended up having some Lewy body dementia towards the end of his life. But he wasn't a very religious man. He provided good for his family. He loved his children. He loved his wife, but always felt that anything to do with religion was not for him. And so we would try to share Jesus with him any little way or whatever. He would see how we lived our lives. Lives. And um, I remember closer to when he passed there, he had, like I mentioned, that he had dementia. And so he had this season of life where there was a lot of hallucinations and things happening in, with all of what dementia brings to you. And we were just really concerned because we were like, here we are in this probably the last couple of months of his life. And you know, we, would, we would pray so much. We would pray that God would just appear and show himself to my dad yeah. because we had been praying for him for years, for years. And so I remember at that time, my mom and dad were living with us, my husband and I and my kids. And so every night we would pray for my dad. Every night my husband and I would go in and we'd lay hands on my dad hmm. and we'd pray for my dad just that he would have a restful sleep every night. And so this one particular night we went in and we prayed and I said, dad, we're going to pray for you. He said, fine, pray for me. And so I said, okay. He said, but you know what? All of these gods come visit me at night. Oh. They always bother me. They always say negative things to me about all that I've done in my life, which was, again, his dementia talking. Uh -huh. And he would just say all this stuff about how these different gods would just talk to him and bother him and everything. And so I just looked at my dad and I said, dad, does, does Jesus bother you? And he looked at me and he said, nope. <laughs> Jesus just tells me that he's there with me. Aww. I said, he doesn't bother you. He said, he just tells me he's right there with me. Mm. And that story just kind of gets me choked up because the truth is that God's spirit is stronger. And that connects with our spirit even when we have an illness that our spirits are able to connect with how gentle 
and how good he is. And that story and that situation led to him accepting Jesus a month or so before he passed. And he is at work. He, God is showing up in dreams, in visions to people, everyday conversations. And that is one that is so personal to me. And you hear of all these things that God is doing. And it's so true, but God has his way of just showing up if you are just willing to share when the opportunity is given. And so that's a big one for me. (laughs) Absolutely. Just as you were sharing, I was just thinking, when we open our eyes, we can see people that God is working on all around us. And we just have to be available and obedient and willing to open our mouths. What a beautiful story. I'm so glad that you shared that. I think it's just incredibly encouraging. And what a sweet gift for you and your siblings as you are praying for your dad for all those years. I bet that you all just rejoiced in such an incredible way. We did. He is a good God. He has a plan and He has a purpose. So there's a scripture in Philippians I want to share, and it's Philippians 4, 13. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my right hand. I want to speak that scripture for two groups of people. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to say that for the believers, okay, that have a heart for Muslims, that have a heart for people of different religions. Fear not. Before you have a burden for someone you're reaching out to, God has a burden for them. And oftentimes when we want to share Jesus, we get scared. We have fear. And God's here to say that we're not to fear. How do you overcome that fear? One thing that our our pastor Satish Raiborde, that we were a part of this ministry in Colombia when we lived there, he would, there was one thing he would say, always be ready. Always be ready to share your story. Mm-hmm. Whether you come in contact with someone at work or at the grocery store, don't miss an opportunity to share what God has done for you. Or if you see someone from a different um, culture or religious background, and he would always encourage us, write our story down, write the details of your story down, share with people how it all shifted for you, how it happened. Because when you do, that's how you can connect with people's everyday life, with their spirits, with what's going on with their lives. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage people to just be ready, share, make your home available for people to come or invite them over and things like that, because that's a huge part of who we are, the background that we come to from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. We always invited people over to the house. If you come at lunchtime, guess what? You're staying for lunch. Or if you come at dinner time, you're staying for dinner. You didn't need to have a special invitation. It's just what we would do for people and be ready, make yourself available, make your home available to just encourage and share the love of God. And then going back to the other group of people is the ones that are searching and asking if this God, if this Jesus is real. And I just want to encourage them that God created you even before you were in the womb, God knew you. And that is who he is. If God is speaking to you where you feel like there's this gentle voice that might be speaking to you, ask him if that is him. Ask if that is God speaking to you. And if it's a gentle voice, if it's a gentle nudge in your spirit, that's him because that's who he is. He's gentle. And ask him if that is him revealing himself to you is what I would encourage the person that is asking and wondering if this Jesus thing is true. 
because God desires a relationship with you mm. and he's going to continue to pursue you. That's so good. You, know, you said a couple of things here. I filled up a notepad with notes while you were talking. Here's a couple of them. I think that I just loved the prayer that you prayed back when you were 16. Jesus, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me? That is such a beautiful prayer that as any listener is in relationship with someone from another faith or another culture, yeah. or just secular, atheist, whatever that is, what a powerful prayer that we can pray together with our non-believing friend. God, would you reveal the truth to my friend about Jesus? And that the other thing that I just wrote down, I thought this is just such a powerful reminder when we have that nudge in our spirit to engage with someone about spiritual things. That's that before you have a burden, he has that burden for them. And so, Absolutely. gosh, doesn't that take all of the burden off of us thinking everything's on our shoulders to walk across the street and engage about spiritual matters with our neighbors because God put that burden in our hearts because he already has a burden for them. I love that picture today. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Thank and you. I'm so grateful because you've surely inspired me today. So now, my Blue Cord listener friend, this season, we are focusing on topics that amplify our new Blue Cord discipleship study based on the book, The Blue Cord. Now, here's why we're doing this. It's in community like this, that we recount stories of how we're learning to share our faith, what God is doing in our lives, and what happens when we do share our faith. And it's in community that we grow more courageous and develop into confident ambassadors for Christ. So if you're not yet part of a Blue Cord study group, I invite you to gather a few friends together and do it together. You don't need prior experience in leading a women's group. You just need a servant's heart. You can learn more about leading that study on our website, thebluecord.org. And I'm praying, I've been praying, that we'll have Blue Cord groups starting up all over the world because people from many nations have come to us from places where they would never hear the gospel, like Atiyah, because it was illegal for someone to share it with them. And it was illegal for them, for them to, to just become a follower of Jesus. And now those moms are here. And they're raising up their kids to follow God as they know Him, and they don't know about salvation in Jesus. And the problem is, most everyday Christian women aren't yet telling them. So we can change this together. So if you have a faith-filled friend who lives in another city, maybe another state, another province, or one who lives somewhere around the world, please share this podcast with them and tell them about the Blue Cord book and the study. Thank you. Now, here's what you can expect the rest of the season. Together, we're going to unpack the five essentials. These are five faith-sharing fundamentals that Jesus taught and modeled with his disciples. And so one by one, we're going to deeply unpack those so that you'll be more confident and courageous in knowing exactly how to be an authentic Christian witness with those other faith neighbors that you run into in your daily life. Until then... I pray that you'll shine the light of Jesus brightly throughout your daily life this week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast, a donor-supported series from iHope Ministries. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen. To get more involved in The Blue Cord, start small. Read my book, The Blue Cord, and sign up now to get my e-newsletter at thebluecord.org.